Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Good to have you with us. This is John Leahy. And uh, before we get started on the podcast this week, I'd like to thank my guest from last week, uh, the great Chaz Scoggins was uh, with us. Chaz, a longtime writer, researcher, broadcaster, musician, guy is a jack of all trades. Uh, great, great interview with Chaz last week. That interview is uh, available to be listened to, as are every episode we've done here on the podcast. And as I mentioned last week, we're rebranding the podcast a little bit uh, it was once called Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Locker Room. We've changed it to Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And please, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. We're available on uh, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere uh, that podcasts are heard. We're going to uh, take our podcast on the road this week. We're in Stoughton, Mass., uh, we're at the gracious home of uh, one of my guests here, Eric Schulman. Eric has been on the podcast before. We are going to talk National Football League football today. We're going to have a preview issue. We're going to talk about the upcoming 2021 NFL season. We had the Hall of Fame game played last week in Canton, Ohio, a ball game which saw the Pittsburgh Steelers knock off the Dallas Cowboys 16-3. Joining us, we have a longtime statistician, uh, Eric Schulman. And also joining us is uh, local high school football coach, Brian Kelly. And uh, Brian, first of all, welcome to the podcast. This is uh, your first time with us. Uh, it's, it's great to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking some NFL. Looking forward to uh, getting the season back into the swing of things. Absolutely. And our host, uh, we're here in Stoughton, Mass., Eric Schulman. Eric, you and I have done a lot of work together, and it's uh, great having you on the podcast once again. And very exciting to uh have an NFL schedule that hopefully won't be uh, interrupted by the COVID. Absolutely. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to have some fun. This this episode is so big that it requires two, two guests. So we're going to talk about the NFL season. We're going to talk about hopefully some marquee matchups that we're going to see uh, through the uh, season. And we're also going to uh, hopefully make some predictions. Uh, so I'd like to hear uh, your thoughts, your guys' thoughts on uh, on maybe some predictions, but uh, I thought we'd start with the AFC East and the local team here, the New England Patriots. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Patriots here, but uh, they went out and spent a lot of money here in this off season. And the question is, I guess with the Patriots, have they uh, upgraded enough to help Cam Newton, particularly in the passing game? Why don't we start with you, Brian? Let's get your thoughts on New England. Yeah, I think they've definitely upgraded a lot in the passing game. They do have some returning guys like Jacoby Myers, who has started to be productive throughout his career, but they added a couple of new receivers, Kendrick Bourne over from the San Francisco 49ers, as well as Nelson Aguilar, the deep threat from the Las Vegas Raiders. They also went and spent a lot of money on tight ends. They acquired Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, both former rivals who are now turned Patriots. And then defensively, they did uh, bring back some familiar faces. Dante Hightower is returning from his COVID opt-out season. Kyle Van Noy has returned on a two-year deal from Miami. They also acquired Matthew Judon, the premier pass rusher from the Baltimore Ravens, as well as Jalen Mills, a defensive back who was formerly with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think they've made a lot of uh, important acquisitions. They also uh, reacquired Trent Brown, a familiar face who was on the 2018 Super Bowl team. Uh, he played a couple seasons with the Raiders. And uh, now he's back in New England. So I think Patriots fans have a lot to look forward to this season, as well as uh, drafting potential future quarterback Mac Jones. So future face of the franchise, possibly. 
Eric, the Patriots were 7-9 and nine last season, and uh, losing does not sit well around Foxborough. Uh, Bill Belichick going for broke here, and uh, what are your thoughts on the Patriots this year? Well, 7-9, and nine, and if you take a look at a couple of games, a game uh, at Seattle where they had a first and goal in the final minute, and then the game at Buffalo where they fumbled it away, uh, they're almost a playoff team. So then they weren't that far off. But uh, the thing that worries me is I take a look at, at history, and any team that has a continued quarterback controversy, you know, who's going to be the quarterback, it usually has a problem. So I hope that can be rectified. I mean, if you take a look at uh, other teams that don't know who their quarterback is, uh, for instance, like a Green Bay, who Aaron Rodgers got upset because they drafted a quarterback. I think that quarterback position needs to be who's one and who's two. Otherwise, everything else you've done is is just going to fall out of place. Well, now the Buffalo Bills seem to be the team to beat now in the AFC East. They won the division last year. Long-term security for... Uh, Josh Allen, and he really is uh, that good, isn't he? Yes, he is. He had a fantastic year last year. Almost took them to the Super Bowl before falling short in the final AFC Championship game to Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But he got a massive contract, and that's the future for Buffalo. So you got to pay what it takes to keep him. I think it's a very good deal for them, and we'll see if it pays off in terms of Super Bowl championships. I know Bills fans have longed for one to come to the city. Obviously, they had the tough span of four years in the 90s, so... Bills fans are extremely diehard. I think they deserve to have a shot at one. And Josh Allen's the guy who provides that shot. And you look at a team like Miami. Now, last year they had Tua. It's Tua time in Miami. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick was on the team last year, but he's in Washington now. So it's it's Tua time, yeah. and the pressure will be on him in Miami. The pressure is going to be on a lot of teams, including Buffalo. Now, Buffalo, who is definitely the favorite, and Miami who right now is one of the top teams in the division, it's now you're not sneaking up on anybody. Buffalo has a first-place schedule. Buffalo is not going to sneak up on anybody. And Miami, they always seem to go downhill as the season progresses or they start off slow. Miami needs to be more consistent. So, uh Although Miami and Buffalo are much improved, and many people think they're ahead of the Patriots, one thing is, this is the real time now. The the fans in Buffalo and Miami aren't looking at them and say, okay, let's, let's win 9, 10 games, get into the playoffs. No, they want more. And there's more pressure on Buffalo and Miami now than ever before because everybody expects them. They're not sneaking up on anybody. The Jets have a new quarterback. Uh, they are trying to get on the right track. How far away do you think they are? Um, I don't think they're anywhere close to being ready quite yet. Rookie quarterbacks tend to not necessarily have the best seasons, but I do think Zach Wilson has a lot of potential. Um, they did add a few new pieces. They got Corey Davis into the receiving core, so I think he can definitely provide some help to the young quarterback, but I think they still got a ways to go, especially in a division that I expect to be competitive this year. All right, so... Um picks in the AFC East. I think the Patriots are going to be uh, decidedly better than they were last year. They, they've got some help for Cam Newton, but I still think it's it's Buffalo that is the team to beat. I'm going with the Bills to win the AFC East. What do you think, Eric? Well, 
the Bills are definitely uh, the top team in the AFC East. But I really do think they have to take a little more pressure off their quarterback and start running the ball a little more. And when you have a running game, it is also your best defense because it keeps the other team's offense off. So I think Buffalo needs to run it a little more. Um, but they're definitely the team to beat. I think for the Patriots to get a wild card spot, I think they have to go five and one in the division. Yeah. Okay, and they they just they they're going to have to beat Miami to get uh, any type of wild card consideration. Brian, what are you what are your thoughts? Yeah, just to piggyback off Eric, I do think Buffalo um, is probably the favorite, but I do agree that they need to up their running game. Last year, they had 16 total rushing touchdowns as opposed to over 40 passing touchdowns. And of those 16, half, eight, were by Josh Allen. So they did go out and acquire Matt Breida, who was with Miami last year, did not have as much of a successful season as he's seen in the past, only a couple hundred yards but zero rushing touchdowns. The previous two years when he was with San Francisco, he did accumulate over 1,400 total yards. So I think if they can get some production out of Brita, who is splitting time with some other backs in Miami, then that alleviates the pressure on the passing game. And Josh Allen had a fantastic year. Stephon Diggs, fantastic year. So any pressure you can take off their shoulders, open up the play-action game, they can have an extremely deadly offense that rivals the likes of Kansas City. So your thoughts are Buffalo is the team to beat? I think Buffalo is absolutely the team to beat. I would not be shocked if Miami or New England gives them a run for their money, though. All right, let's move into the AFC North. A couple of compelling stories here. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, All of a sudden, after years of futility, the Cleveland Browns uh, starting to make a name for themselves. They beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs on the road last year. And, Brian, I'll start with you. Uh, This Cleveland team, uh, they seem to be for real. Yeah, I like Cleveland a lot. I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield, the former first overall pick. I think they have an extremely deadly offense. Uh, If Odell Beckham can come back healthy and stronger than ever, that's just going to be a real key for them. They went 11-5 and last season. I was a little shocked when I was doing my research. I saw they actually had a negative point differential, negative 11, despite going 11-5. So if their defense can step it up, they drafted uh, Greg Newsom the corner in the first round. Um, Denzel Ward is still there, Greedy Williams. They got a few other really good pieces. Obviously, Miles Garrett, the defensive end, who's an all-pro caliber player. I think they can really uh, take the lead this year and win the division. I think they have that potential. All right, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, Ben Roethlisberger seems like the window on Roethlisberger is closing. And uh, I know Pittsburgh upgraded their running game quite a bit. So, Eric, what what are your thoughts on the Steelers? Well... You know, when they jumped off to, what, 11-0 start last mm. year, everybody was looking at them saying, yeah, they're 11-0, but they're not going to win. They're mm. not going to win. Uh, uh, ben Marthelsberger is going to get – he's just so beat up. And as as for the Steelers, they're just uh, – they're lacking that balance uh, with the run and the pass. Their defense – isn't as good as in the past years, the glory years. The thing about uh, for them to try to beat the Cleveland Browns is I talk about this all the time. The Browns have a much easier schedule. They they were eleven and five, okay, but uh, they had uh, they're going to get an easier schedule because they didn't win the division. Third place, yeah, third place yeah. schedule. So an eleven and five team having a third place schedule. But the one thing about the Browns that I think holds them higher than the Steelers is the return of their secondary. Their secondary was completely out last year. Uh, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, I mean, these guys are back now, and everybody 
uh, forgets how how many yards they gave up in the passing game. That that's uh, the, the pass defense, but that that's going to be improved. But I have never seen a team, maybe Tennessee, but that's one guy. These guys can run the ball all day on you, and they they can get about thirty five to forty minutes every game of time possession. I mean that's that's a huge weapon. You can't. You can't get the ball from them. And uh, Mike Tomlin is under some pressure now because uh, the Steelers yeah. haven't won a playoff game in, in the last four yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So that's something we'll have to watch as well. Yep. The, the, the pressure is there, and also he might have to make the toughest decision that any coach has to. Maybe he has to go with another quarterback and replace a veteran. All right, you know, but yeah. and that that's a that's a tough decision because Roethlisberger has meant so much to that franchise. Let's talk about Baltimore. Mm-hmm. This is a team that needs to develop a passing game. Yes, they're only going to go so far with Lamar Jackson running the football, and I think that's been the key uh, piece for Baltimore. Why they haven't been successful in January? They're going to have to get good at throwing the football. I completely agree, and they did try to go out and address that need, drafting Rashad Bateman in the first round. They have Marquise Hollywood-Brown coming back, so I think they've got some weapons. Obviously, Mark Andrews, one of the top tight ends in the league, he's also returning, and if they can keep running the ball as well as they've done and also improve on their passing game, I think then they easily could also win the division. I think there's three teams in that division that have a fantastic chance of taking it. And, yeah. and excuse me, um, mm-hmm. the, the Ravens, they they were a playoff team. They were yeah. playoff playoff yeah. tested as well. Right, playoff yes. tested, but a playoff caliber team. Yeah. So uh, that team has been tested. The coaching staff's been tested. There's a little more continuity on that team than, and uh, they're definitely a force in that division. And the other team is Cincinnati. the The good news for the Bengals is they're going to get their quarterback, the number one draft pick, uh, Burrow. He'll be back this year, and uh, there'll be some pressure in Cincinnati too. The Bengals have. Uh, not had a good run over the last couple of years, so I think Zach Taylor could be under the microscope uh, in Cincinnati if the Bengals don't uh, don't improve. Yeah, I would agree with that. As you mentioned, they do get Joe Burrow back, who uh, tore his ACL back in Week 11 last year. So I think obviously getting your franchise quarterback number one overall pick is huge. But another thing that's really huge, a lot of people thought they were going to go out and get a lineman in the draft like offensive tackle Panay Sewell. They actually went out and reunited Joe Burrow with a familiar face, his former wide receiver in college, Jamar Chase, first-round pick to the Bengals. And the last time those two were together, they were winning a national championship game. So I think if you can improve on the passing game like that, and then Joe Mixon coming back in the running game, if their offensive line can stay healthy, which has always been a question with them, then I think they have a chance to definitely improve, though I don't think they're anywhere near the caliber of the three teams in their division. Yeah, it's a tall order in the AFC North for Cincinnati. It's going to take time. But, uh, you know, if the if you're the Bengals, you got to be looking for, hopefully for a, at least a 500 season. Right, and uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore are aging a little bit. So, But uh, I would have to say the favorite in that division is probably Cleveland. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, your thoughts on that? I would agree with that. I think that all three teams, especially with Najee Harris going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think all three are going to have a really good running game. But whoever can pass the ball the best might be the one who actually takes the division. Not confident in Baltimore's passing game quite yet. Pittsburgh's got a very good receiving core, but is Ben too old now? 
I think that if Odell Beckham stays healthy, Cleveland gets the top passing game, and that might translate to a couple extra wins that allows them to take the division. Regardless, I think at least two teams make the playoffs from that division, maybe three. Yeah, I'm looking at Cleveland, Baltimore, Pittsburgh in that order. Yeah. All right? I would agree. Yeah. All right, um, let's look at the AFC South. How can you not love the Tennessee Titans? They go out and pick up Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons. The Incredible. Rich, Eric, I'll start with you. The rich get richer. Uh, Mike Vrabel's doing a heck of a job down there in Nashville. Yeah, and I think, and I may be wrong, but he's got a he's hearing voices too, because uh, Tennessee made it to the AFC Championship game, and they expected uh, the next step last year to be taken, and it wasn't. But uh, they they just have uh, Henry, and he he's just. A wrecking machine. Yeah, you look at a guy. He this guy can can rush for two thousand yards yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah, I mean he can also be durable enough where he can rush thirty five to forty times a game. Absolutely, and, and eat some clock. So I mean, you that's the team. If you're playing Tennessee, you better not fall behind them. Right. Yeah. And how about Jacksonville? A couple of big storylines here. Urban Meyer is in the NFL for the first time. Didn't lose hardly at all in the college ranks now, but coaching in the NFL is certainly uh, a much bigger deal. There'll be a lot more pressure. He's going to see some losing this year. But uh, number one pick overall, the quarterback, Lawrence. Uh, football is back in Jacksonville. Yes, it absolutely is. Trevor Lawrence, he's a can't-miss prospect. One of the top prospects we've ever seen come out of the NFL draft. Obviously, he was a starter his freshman year at Clemson, three-year starter. He's got all the tools, all the traits. He's six foot six, has great size, has a cannon for an arm. And you get him a weapon like DJ Shark down there as well, and he's got potential. I don't see them doing really much this year. In Lawrence's rookie season, I do see them doing much better than 1-15 like they were last year. I think they're a potential like 5-6-7 win team. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think it's the assumption that Lawrence will be the starter. Gardner Minshew is still there, so will he be traded away? Because he's got talent. It's undeniable. I mean, he's talented, but... I don't see him holding off Trevor Lawrence at all. So I think Lawrence is the starter. They're a 5-6 win team. And they're starting to sell out in Jacksonville now. Yeah. You know, So the Jaguars, uh, at least uh, the expectation of good football is now back. Well, you know, if you take a look, the Colts are already suffering from injuries. Mm-hmm. So they're going to start behind the eight ball and... Right. And and then you have the Texans, who I believe are in tor- turmoil. Well, let's yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Let, let's take them one yeah. at a time. Let's, yeah. let's start. So with that the... that allows the Jags a yeah, little yeah. more breathing room to uh, move up in the standings. Let's move on to the Colts because they have a new quarterback in Carson Wentz. Uh, had some time in Philadelphia. Uh, it's been kind of a revolving door in Indianapolis. Um, what do you think of the Colts? Well, I think the Colts are a, a playoff team, caliber team, if they stay healthy. Hmm. But for some reason, they just are probably the most unlucky team. But uh, they're going to be a contender if they're healthy. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, they got a pretty much balanced offense. But, uh, you know, you have a new coach. You have a new system. And, and Wentz is falling behind with the injury. So uh, they're going to start behind the eight ball. Will the Colts be more than a 500 team? I do think they will. Um, but it will be tough. Both... Uh, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, they're all pro guard, had the same injury, which is a rare injury, and the estimated timetable for return is anywhere from 5 to 12 weeks, and that's just because everyone's severity is different with it. So I think if they're on the shorter side of that, I think they're easily at above 500 team. 
if they're on the longer side of that and push halfway through the season without either of them, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to be a 500 team. They do have a really good rushing attack with Jonathan Taylor behind a line that's arguably top three in the NFL with Quentin Nelson healthy. So I think if both guys can stay and be on the shorter side of that timetable, then yes, easily they're above 500 team. Well, we move on to the Houston Texans, and uh, boy, that's a team in trouble right now. They lost J.J. Watt in the offseason to Arizona. Deshaun Watson is a mess right now with all of the legal trouble he has. He may not play another down in Houston. I think this could be the first 0-17 team in the history of the NFL. Well, the, the the Texans still have a lot of talent. Okay, they, but uh, they have to know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. It, 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 I mean, for for instance, Wentz is out. You know how long he's going to be out. You know they 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 have no clue with Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's not taking the full reps at practice, but he's still taking reps, and he may not be the guy. So, uh, in in that trade when they trade, what was it, Hopkins? Yes. Uh, when they traded Hopkins, yeah. that split the team in two right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, how does Houston go about replacing J.J. Watt? Replacing J.J. Watt is not an easy task. I think in the future they're going to need to look towards free agency, towards the draft to replace him. But, I mean, he's a three-time uh, defensive player of the year. You you don't just simply replace mm-hmm. that guy with one guy. Yeah. You need to have pressure from the team, um, just creating pressure from all seven front seven positions. That's really the only way you can replace him with quotes around that because you just don't replace the guy. I mean, it's like trying to replace Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor, like those type of guys. You don't replace them. All right, so I've got Tennessee winning this division. What do you guys think? Well, I think Tennessee's the favorite. One other thing to realize about the AFC South, they're matched up to play the teams from the NFC West. So each one of those teams... Brutal. Yeah. Brutal yes. schedule. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. NFC West... We'll get to that, but uh, just geography, you're going to have to take two long trips. Yeah. You know, and uh, that that plays a factor, too. Uh, even though the AFC has nine home games instead of eight, mm. that still takes effect. That's a t- tough schedule, and I, uh, but I think Tennessee will win because, and I say I said it like before, they have a little more continuity than the other teams in their division that are changing big-name players, and not only that, Tennessee knows how to eat that clock, and uh, yeah. that, to me, is the best defense. And you've got the bull in Henry. You yeah. know, I, mean, I mean, he's he's just the best running back in the game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Tennessee? Yeah, Brian? Tennessee. Is, I think Jacksonville improved. However, you can make the argument that Indianapolis is on the decline, especially if Wentz and Nelson aren't healthy. And then Houston, I mean, who knows what's going to go on there. So Tennessee already won it last year. They only improved by adding Julio Jones to pair with A.J. Brown and that rushing attack. I think this is an easy choice. It's Tennessee. All right, let's move on to the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs, the only thing that matters to the Kansas City Chiefs is winning the Super Bowl. And as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of that team, they are perennial favorites every year. And uh, Kansas City brought back most of the same guys as from last year, didn't they, Brian? They brought back and then added to it. They have huge improvements on the offensive line, which, as we know, in their 31-9 loss to Tampa Bay, that was where they fell short. They could not protect Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes looked like a wizard out there with what he was doing. And between the offensive line not protecting him and guys dropping the ball, they really couldn't do much. They went out and traded for Orlando Brown from the Baltimore Ravens, went out and paid Joe Tooney, the former New England Patriots guard, a huge contract. So 
if anything, they got better, and that's a scary sight since they're arguably the best team in the NFL already. Absolutely. And uh, Eric, which one of the other three will be the closest team to them? I think the Chargers are going to be a pretty good team with with uh, Herbert at quarterback. I, yeah. I agree yeah. with you. Uh, Denver, Denver's tried to make improvements, but uh, I think Denver and uh, Las Vegas – aren't as close as the Chargers. Now, you think of the Chargers and the Patriots went out there and blew them out. Yeah. And, but uh, having Hebert uh, back, and they, the, the Chargers intrigue me a little bit. Uh, and I think uh, they were also fighting for their identity uh, just to have the Rams being more popular right now. Yeah, the they Char- share the same stadium. Right, right. and the Chargers being the little sister. I think they have to improve just to get respect from their season ticket base. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they decided to make that move to L.A., so there's a lot of pressure on them to uh, produce. But I would think that they would be the closest to get to Kansas City. And like Brian said, the only reason Kansas City started to falter a little bit was Mahomes was not healthy and the offensive line was not healthy. So if you have a wounded quarterback back there and he's not getting protection, and they also, like you said, Orlando Brown, Joe Tooney, Kyle Long, mm-hmm. they they went and found their problem and took care of it. And uh, so they're going to make another run. So Kansas City is probably not only the heavy favorite in the West to me, but definitely, definitely could go to their third consecutive Super Bowl. Let's talk about Denver. Is there a quarterback controversy there? The Broncos pick up Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, Locke, he he was the quarterback there for a while. What do you see transpiring in uh, the Rocky Mountains? Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, has been with New Orleans and Carolina in his past, moves from the NFC South over to the AFC West. Will he be able to take over Drew Locke, the former second-round pick? I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, Broncos fans, they I don't know if their confidence is too high with Drew Locke, especially after a fourth-place division uh, division finish last year. So I think it'll be a very interesting. One thing that's undeniable is they do have weapons. They've got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler. So the guys are there to throw to. Will either quarterback take the leap and be able to complete those passes on a consistent basis? If I had to bet, I think they go with the younger one in Drew Locke. But I think it's going to be a very intriguing battle to watch. And finally, the Raiders, right? Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, um, he's still the guy in Las Vegas. And uh, does John Gruden uh, get this team uh, back to where it needs to be? Well, if anybody can, it would be him. But every time the Raiders show signs of brilliance, they shoot themselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. They squandered some games last year. Not only that, but uh, they squandered some games by their off the field antics as well. And uh, playing in Vegas, uh, you have to be pretty focused because there's a lot of things in Las Vegas that can take your mind off the game, and they want a winner to Vegas. And I think that the NFL would like also a winning team in Vegas. Look at, what the, look at what the Vegas Golden Knights exactly. did. Yep. They set the bar high yes, in Las did. Vegas. So you know, the fans are paying attention to uh, And that's become yeah. a sports city now, yeah. where before it was just a vacation city. 
All right, I think we're all in agreement. Kansas City is is clearly the uh, the favorite in the West, right? Absolutely. I think this is another no doubter. I think LA is the closest one to being there, and they did get an upgrade in the offensive line position by going out and drafting Rashawn Slater, but that's not going to be anywhere near enough to take down the Chiefs, who upgraded even better so at that position. We're talking with Eric Schulman and Brian Kelly. They are helping us. Uh, break down the 2021 NFL season. The name of this podcast is Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Time to take a look at the NFC, gentlemen. We'll start in the NFC East, which was the worst division in football. Yes. In fact, you had a team that won the division last year that was only 7-9. and nine. That's the, Yeah, the Washington football team. Uh, so let's start with Dallas, okay? Uh, Brian, let's start with Dallas. Obviously, the big story is Dak Prescott being back. How much does he mean to that team? You saw the results that Dallas had last year. How much better will the Cowboys be if Prescott can play a full, healthy season? With a full, healthy season, Dak Prescott leading the Dallas Cowboys, their fans should expect no less than 11 wins. They have Ezekiel Elliott, who in my opinion is a top five running back in the league easily. I mean, with that running game, and then they got some talented wide receivers. Amari Cooper, who they got from the Raiders a couple years ago. CeeDee Lamb, former first-round pick from last year. Michael Gallup. And then they did upgrade on their defense this year by drafting Micah Parsons in the first round. So I think Dallas, if Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott stay healthy, I think 11 wins should be the bar that they need to beat. Absolutely. And uh, Eric, let's take a look at the Washington football team. Uh, Ron Rivera led them to the division title last year, uh, battling uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been quite an inspiration for that Washington team. And I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. Oh, I agree. And uh, he's a great coach. Yeah. He's uh, won wherever he's been. And uh, I think he's built probably, among all the coaches, a very, very good rapport with his players. And they finally have a quarterback. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick is the greatest quarterback, but he's somebody that team needs, a veteran leader. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, their the defense, of course, is going to be the key to that team. I would, that's where the defense is going to take them anywhere, just like it did last year. But uh, that that division is uh, is is not strong. No, yeah, it's you know. There are teams there, though. The key to the four teams in the NFC East is they're not strong, but they have all know what it takes to win because they've been winners. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting dilemma they have there. Let's go to Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles have some questions. Uh, young quarterback there, mm -hmm. tough year for the Eagles last year. Of course, you yes. want to talk about a town with expectations. How do the Eagles get better? Well, I mean, going from winning the Super Bowl just a few years ago mm -hmm. to having a four-win season is not something that any franchise, and especially their fans, wants to see. Jalen Hurts, as you mentioned, the young quarterback, former second-round pick, I think he's got a lot of potential, and I do expect them to get more than four wins. They do have a good running game with Miles Sanders back there, but I think it just comes down to playing consistent football. And last year they kind of had a little bit of a controversy between who is going to get more reps, Wentz or Hurts. Well, Wentz is out of the picture now. We talked about he's in Indianapolis. So now they have a definitive quarterback starting in training camp. I think that's a great thing. As you mentioned, teams with quarterback yeah, controversies, exactly. they don't tend to do well. So I think having that consistent quarterback, as well as they're returning some defensive members who have been key, especially from their Super Bowl championship team. So I think they've got potential to do better. I just don't see them being a favorite or coming close to winning the division. 
Eric, the only team left are the Giants, and uh, Jones, the quarterback, uh, how good will the Giants be? Well, I think Jones taking his lumps last year will help him, but of course getting Barkley back mm-hmm. in the back. That's there. the key. That's they, the key, right? I mean, you have a young quarterback like that, and what happens, his, his secret weapon right behind him is out for the year. Yeah. Well, with Barkley back, that makes a huge difference on uh, the productivity of the quarterback. So uh, the Giants uh, just, they, they can surprise people. They're going to have an easier schedule. And I just, uh, anytime you play the Giants, you know you're in for a game. Yeah. Well, uh, as far as the NFC, eco, NFC East goes, if Dak Prescott is playing, if he's healthy, Dallas is going to run away with this division, in my opinion. I, I agree with you. Washington has the defense. The Giants and the Eagles have won before. But if, Dal- if Dallas can stay healthy and Zach Prescott stays healthy, but another thing, too, is if the owner has enough confidence in the coaching staff to step away, and I don't think he does. Yeah. I think Dallas loses two games in a row. He'll say something or do something, and it will undermine the coaching staff. And Dallas, Dallas's worst enemy in that division is themselves. Of course, you're referring to Jerry Jones. Yes, the Jerry Jones. Yeah. All right, so, Brian, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think if Dak Prescott stays healthy, which is a big if, same with Ezekiel yes. Elliott, then they win the division. I do think, piggybacking off of what Eric said earlier about the Giants, they have potential. I could see them kind of trying to take the formula that Tennessee has used. They've got a lot of really good receivers, Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate. I'm not saying they're Julio Jones or A.J. Brown, but with a workhorse running back like Saquon Barkley back there, if he can rush for 1,700, 1,800 yards, which he's very capable of doing, that opens up the play-action game. That'll put take a lot of pressure off of Daniel Jones's shoulders. And he is very similar quarterback to Ryan Tannehill. He can throw the ball deep when necessary. Might not be the most accurate, but he also has some legs to him. So you get some play action game going. He can roll out, make the throws downfield, and with Barkley back there, I think they're a contender. But I'm going with Dallas. All right, time for the NFC North. Eric, let's start with you. The big question in that entire division was the status of Aaron Rodgers. He's back in Green Bay. That makes the Packers an instant uh, contender. Absolutely. Uh, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, with the revolving doors and quarterbacks, uh, it's tough to favor them. Aaron Rodgers uh, brought his team to the NFC Championship game, which they hosted. And uh, But uh, Aaron Rodgers can be tough to play with, even as a teammate. He can cause some issues. And uh, well, and you know, they brought they back, back Cobb, Randall yeah, they, Cobb, yeah, too. they they did. But uh, this is Green Bay's uh, division to win, but it's also their division to lose as well. Right. So, so the friction with the front office, the we'll fr- see. We'll see that, how that plays out. Yeah, that didn't go away because yeah. Aaron Rodgers decided to come back. That's still there, mm. and uh, they hide it very well. But uh, I just don't see anybody else in that division. If if Green Bay keeps their head in the game to compete with them now, Chicago. Every year we hear about the Bears. And We're gonna get the, to them next, right? Yeah, right. And every year we hear about Detroit, and every year we hear about the Vikings. Okay, and every year somehow Green Bay is always on the top of that division. 
Well, no, no player means more to any team, team than Rodgers and Green Bay. Yeah. So having him back, uh, the Packers have got to be got to be the yeah. favorites. Let's move on to Chicago. Uh, Bears drafted the quarterback uh, Fields in the draft. Yep. Is he going to get uh, some time to play this year? And and do the Bears get over the hump? Well, Chicago has uh, drafted a quarterback in the first round recently, and that did not work out. That was Mitchell Trubisky, who's now the backup in Buffalo. And right now, speaking of quarterback controversy, they do have three in the room. Former Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles is still there, as well as former Dallas Cowboys backup and Cincinnati Bengals starter Andy Dalton. So Fields coming into the mix. I do think that he is a great quarterback. He's got a fantastic arm. We saw his combine workout, or his pro day workout, excuse me, where he was just show, showcasing some extremely, like, impressive skills and then he's also a fantastic runner so if i were chicago i would try to get justin fields active early though he does have two guys to learn from uh in front of him and then their defense is still they've got some playmakers especially khalil mack one of the top edge rushers in the game i think if their defense can limit points from the opposing offenses and you can run the ball with david montgomery throw the ball downfield to Allen robinson and darnell mooney whichever quarterbacks in there has the potential to succeed but I would personally, as an NFL fan, love to see Justin Fields in there. I think he's just uh, he's something to watch. For the Minnesota Vikings, I think the priority is improving their defense. You know, they gave up a lot of points last year. But again, um, you know, the Vikings always seem to be in the mix. But, you know, what do they need to do to, to get over the hump here? Well, Minnesota, I mean, they lost Stephon Diggs to Buffalo in a trade a couple of years, years ago. That really hurt their passing game, which was – Probably their strength of the offense. I mean, Dalvin Cook's a fantastic running back, don't get me wrong. But Stephon Diggs was probably their number one guy. Mm -hmm. And Adam Thielen is still there. And then they did go out and draft Justin Jefferson in the first round uh, last year or two years ago. I'm blanking on which one it was. But Jefferson's extremely talented. I think their offense, they've got the weapons in place. But like you said, their defense, it's always so hit or miss. Um, I think that'll be definitely one of the interesting storylines in the NFC North. But if their defense can't step it up, I mean, they have no shot. Eric, the Detroit Lions, uh, Matt Patricia was there for a couple of years. Detroit has made wholesale changes. They got they have a new quarterback now. They got Jared Goff from the Rams in a trade that sent Matt Stafford out there. Uh, ex expectations will probably be pretty low in Detroit, I would think. Yeah, it is, but uh, I don't know what to say about the Lions except that every year they they have the potential, but now they've given up on Stafford. And uh, I just don't think it's the same type of quarterback, same type of team. You have a new coach there, so they're gonna they're gonna have some growing pains in Detroit. Yeah, and the Lions and Rams are gonna play each other head to head, so that'll be fun this yeah. year. Yeah. All right, so uh, my pick is Green Bay for the division. Uh, you have to agree Green? with you. I think this might be even a further lock than Tennessee. I yeah, think it's yeah. Green Bay, no doubt. All right, let's move to the NFC South. Biggest story, of course. Can Tom Brady win his eighth ring? Uh, Brady will be here in Foxborough on October 3rd. Eric, Tampa Bay has everybody coming back. No reason to think why they shouldn't win back-to-back. -back. Oh, absolutely. The Tampa, they're, they're looking. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, he he's the best. There's no doubt about it. But uh, he's 44 and coming off knee surgery. And... I'm not saying that he's not going to play anything, but I'm just saying that if he doesn't, there's a huge drop-off, even with 22 returning starters. And uh, so they're going to have to probably rely less on Tom Brady 
and more on a more balanced offense to get that running attack going. But they have all the weapons. Yeah. They have a definite, not only a definite favor in the division, but also in the conference. And uh, they, they just know now with 22 starters back from a Super Bowl team that you only have, if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a disappointing season. Ryan, you have a thought on Tampa? Yeah, I think with Tampa, as Eric mentioned, Tom Brady's coming off a knee surgery, 44 years old. We've never had, seen a quarterback have the success that he's having at this point in his career. But I think you're crazy if you count out Tom Brady at any point. This is not a team that needs to win 13, 14 games. This is a team that just needs to get into the playoffs and fight for a Super Bowl. Last year, they were 11-5, and went on the road three times, mm -hmm. and reached the Super Bowl and won it in their home stadium. Mm -hmm. That was the only game in the playoffs they played in their home stadium was the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. And so they're not a team that needs to win 13, 14, 15 games, get a first-round bye with the one seed, or even win the division, which I do think they will. I think they're just a team that needs to find a way into the playoffs, let Tom Brady do what he does in the postseason, and with 22 starters returning, there's no reason their fans should expect anything less than a Super Bowl victory. And they, and they got, excuse me, they got a little room forever, too, because yes. the three teams in that division are, are not just a little behind Tampa, but a lot. So Tampa right. has room to stumble a little bit. We're going to talk about those other three teams right now. Brian, let's go down to New Orleans. Drew yeah. Brees is gone. Uh, the question is, who's going to take the snaps? Is it going to be Hill or Winston? I guess they're leaning toward Winston, but how do the Saints look to you? My guess would be Winston. I think Taysom Hill, he's the Swiss Army knife of that team. He can play quarterback, receiver, tight end, running back, gunner on special teams. He's extremely talented, but I would probably lean toward Jameis Winston. Another interesting one is they did draft Ian Book in the middle rounds this year out of Notre Dame, mm -hmm. who uh, was a graduating senior. So I think he's a guy who they'll probably keep around to mentor. As a third-string guy, he won't start his rookie year or anything, but I think it'll be Jameis Winston there. All right, Eric. You, you, yeah, you know, there's a lot of these stories in the NFL. You see uh, people trying to prove to their ex-team by playing game, a game the, the way the schedule is set up. Jemias Winston would love to prove everybody wrong after the years he had in Tampa. So Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And this is his chance. Uh, I mean, he's got to keep his mistakes down. But uh, they do a things a little different in New Orleans where they're going to make sure Winston doesn't have as much pressure on him as he did in Tampa. He didn't have the weapons in Tampa that Brady has. Now he's at a team where, you know, there's going to be pressure. He's coming in for Drew Brees, a legend in New Orleans. So uh, there's going to be some pressure on him. Let's talk about Carolina. Sam Darnold, former Jets quarterback, is now uh, down in uh, Raleigh. Uh, how much better do you think the Panthers will be? Um, I think they'll be better. They do lose an extremely valuable receiver in Curtis Samuel to the Washington football team, so that is a detriment to their to the team. But I think Sam Darnold is definitely a step in the right direction at quarterback. Obviously, he did not have much success in New York with the Jets, but recently a lot of quarterbacks have failed there. And so I think a fresh start for him is a very good thing. Uh, obviously, they have Christian McCaffrey, one of the top running backs in the league. He's a dual threat. He They've got to get him back healthy. Yes, yeah, they, they do. That's they, a big, they do. That's, a big deal. that's, that's the thing. That's if he's healthy. Three, four more wins for them. Might yeah, be. yeah. He, he's a big guy in terms of getting yeah. wins. So if McCaffrey can stay healthy, then he's the key to their offense and open up the play action game for Darnold, get the ball downfield to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and they have a chance to improve, though I do not believe they have a chance to win the division with Tampa still there. 
Eric, let's talk about Atlanta. Matt Ryan, a Boston College guy, 36 years old. Does he have what it takes to push the Falcons to the next level? And they lost Jones, remember. Yes, he's, I still think he has that fear of, you know, that fear of, what's that word? Fiery. Fiery edge to him. He still has the hunger and everything, but he just doesn't have the weapons anymore. Yeah. They do gain a big weapon in mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, the fourth yeah. overall draft pick, the tight end. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, they need uh, they need a little more than that. And again, they have an aging quarterback. Mm. And uh, their defense is a little little lackluster there, but uh, they, they, it's amazing. They were in the Super Bowl, and... They had it won, and then all of a sudden you lose the Super Bowl. In the way that they, they lost, lost yes. it. Up 28-3. And, and, and all of a sudden it went completely downhill, just like that. So they really haven't been the same team no, since, they, have they? No, they haven't. And yeah. if you take a look at a team who loses a Super Bowl, like um, I know they didn't get into the Super Bowl, but the year, like for instance, Jacksonville got into the AFC Championship game against the Patriots. We're up by 10 in that fourth quarter and then lost it, and they've never been the same. Look at San Francisco, too. San Francisco, yep. Yep, so I think we're all in agreement. Tampa Bay is clearing away the uh, class of that division. They may be the class of the whole league. Right. They might be, yeah. Absolutely. All right, we've got to move on to the NFC West. It's our last division and probably the best division in the National Football League. Uh, Certainly loaded. Let's start in San Francisco, Brian, where uh, Jimmy Garoppolo – uh, hoping to come back from injury and lead the 49ers. But San Francisco went uh, for a quarterback in the draft, too. Trey Lance, didn't they? So yes. how is that dynamic going to play out in the Bay Area? Yeah, first time that back-to-back-to-back first three picks of the draft are quarterbacks. And I do think it's Jimmy Garoppolo's job to lose right now. He does have experience. Obviously, he took them to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Last year, they did not have anywhere near the success due to Garoppolo not being healthy the whole year. But I think that they've got the potential to go back to the Super Bowl um, they're going to have to rely on that defense. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa's younger brother, he's an incredible talent there. Um, they did trade away DeForest Buckner a couple of years ago before last season. Mm-hmm. So I think if their defense can stay healthy, then with Jimmy Garoppolo there, Raheem Mostert, Debo Samuel, and then, of course, leading that defense, Fred Warner, who was just made one of the highest-paid linebackers in the league, I think they've got the potential to get close to uh, being back to the Super Bowl. But that, as you said, is probably the top division in the league. That's going to be some tough competition right there. Let's talk about the Rams. And uh, Matthew Stafford now, Eric, is in Los Angeles. He was eager to get out of Detroit. Uh, What do you think the uh, change will be for him uh, being on a contender now? Well, that's a playoff team. That's a good team. They have a quarterback that I think matches their game scheme a little better. And I, I personally think that the Williams are the favorite to win that division. But uh, I, I see something amazing in that division. Now, you, you still have uh, seven teams that can get into the playoffs and only one bye. It is possible for the first time every team in a division can make the yeah, playoffs. good point. I agree. Good point. Uh, so, um, all right, let's move on to uh, Seattle now. Uh Russell Wilson, there was some talk in the offseason that he wasn't happy, winds up staying in Seattle. Uh, What's your thoughts on the Seahawks, Brian? I personally think this is the team that they should win the division if they can stay healthy. Um, They've got an incredible passing game. DK Metcalf, I mean, he was the steal of the draft, 64th overall, and he just turned into one of the league's top young receivers. He's an incredible talent. 
I think he's he's an incredible deep threat. If Russell Wilson can keep getting the ball to him downfield, Chris Carson's still running the rock for him. Tyler Lockett in the slot. I think they can definitely win this division. But again, this is a competitive division. I think they're going to rely a lot on their defense shining this year. Uh, Russell Wilson, we know what he can do. Can that defense stay healthy? Can that defense stay being one of the top defenses? Eric, probably the dark horse is Arizona here. They've got an exciting young quarterback in Kyler Murray. J.J. Watt joins the defense. This might be a team to watch. And uh, they they have a deep threat with Hopkins now. Uh, They had him last year, but it was a first-year thing. Now Arizona is is right up there. I see these four teams that whoever can come up with a winning record within the division will will take the top spot. But I wouldn't be surprised if all four of these teams make the playoffs. Brian, I think uh, Coach Kingsbury might be on the hot seat if Arizona doesn't produce. When you take a look at the upgrades the Cardinals have have managed to uh, acquire, I think the pressure is on him now to, to produce as a head coach. Yeah, I would agree. There's no reason that offense shouldn't be a top 10, top 5 offense in the league. Kyler Murray back there, he's extremely quick, extremely agile, and he has a really good arm. With top 5 receiver DeAndre Hopkins on that team, as well as some other young guys, they drafted Rondell Moore, they still have Andy Isabella, and then they did go out and get A.J. Green, even though he's aging. You know, maybe there's some uh, gas left in that tank, so I think they'll be exciting. And then, as we mentioned, J.J. Watt comes over. Pair him with Chandler Jones if he stays over there in Arizona. I know there's been some rumors that he might be traded. That's a really, really good passing rush combo. So I think that team, as Eric said, there's a chance that all four teams can make the playoffs. I think I, I would bet that they do make the playoffs, in, in whether it's wild card or winning division. I think they're a wild card team. And and getting Green and Watt is exactly what they needed to add a little experience to a young, rambunctious type of team. Now, those two, in pressure situations, will settle that team down and mature them. Tough to pick a winner in this division. I'm going to start. I'm going to go with San Francisco. What do you guys think? I'm going to go with Seattle. All right. And I'm going right. to go. I'm going to go with the Rams. But I tell you, that Seattle team could could uh, make a dig. That's how good Russell Wilson is. Absolutely. Well, we got through the whole NFL. <laughs> yes. It's terrific. Great stuff. Let's talk a little bit. We, we got a little bit more time left. Let's talk about some of the marquee matchups we're going to see this year. Obviously, the big one. We're all talking about oh, it, yeah. right? October 3rd, Tom Brady comes back to Foxborough uh, as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to play the only team he's never beaten. What can you say? What can you say? It's just... There aren't enough words to put into the magnitude for this game. No, there are not. Those tickets are going for some absurdly high prices, and deservedly so. Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. The last time he was here, the last pass he threw was an interception return for a touchdown. So will he be able to come back to New England and beat his former coach, beat his former team? Probably so, but as we've talked about earlier, New England is a team that they can easily turn around from 7-9. and nine. They can win a lot of games, so... Week 5 matchup, Bill Belichick, he's afraid of no one. Mm-hmm. I don't think this Patriots defense is going to be afraid of Tom Brady. They, Those guys, they didn't get a chance to hit Tom Brady in practice. They are going to want to hit Tom Brady uh, in the game. Absolutely. Eric, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, 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 I'm the type of – I've been in sports for a long time, and I, I always, when somebody comes back to the team they've been in a long time, I'd like it to be the Patriots against the Bucks more than it is Brady against Belichick. Okay? Because if the Patriots beat them, 
It isn't. I don't want to hear Belichick's better than Brady. Brady's better than Belichick. Okay, and that will always haunt those two for the rest of their <laughs> lives. And it's it's a shame because I think their success was because they were together. Now, can they re, can they have success without each other? Of course, of Very course. Hot. Yeah, but uh, and Brady proved that. But uh, I just hope that it's more Patriots against the Bucks because both of them could be three and zero at the time. November seventh at Arrowhead Stadium, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, a month ago, we weren't sure this game was going to have the significance that it has now, but it's going to be something. Well, Eric, one thing about interconference games—they mean less. Yeah. Uh, for tiebreakers, I mean it goes divisional games, conference games. So when you have in interconference games, it's more more for sh- no. It's important, but it's it's not going to be considered anything for a tiebreaker. Same with the Patriots Tampa, but it's always good to see teams like that uh, go head to head in quarterbacks, probably both headed to Canton, Ohio, and uh, mm-hmm. to face each other. But uh, it's it's doesn't definitely doesn't have the impact as. Uh, player coming back and playing their old team. Buffalo at Kansas City, October 10th. How's that one, Brian? Yeah, that's a rematch right there. And Buffalo, they are going to want revenge. Now, October games, at the end of the year, those don't really matter as much. But Buffalo and Kansas City, that's going to be a huge game. And especially, as we mentioned, Buffalo is the first place team in the AFC East. They, that's a first place schedule right there. That's the big game for them. If they can go and beat Kansas City, that is a statement game that they are here for real, especially it kind of helps Buffalo Bills fans justify that contract to Josh Allen. That's a huge game for them. And to be honest, I would not be surprised if Buffalo wins that game. They're extremely, extremely talented. All right, before we go, go ahead. One other yeah, thing, there's ahead. only one bye now. Right. Right. And that could be the that, one of the terms. That's that. a two, two-way game because – if if Buffalo beats Kansas City and they finish tied, Buffalo will get that number one seed. Mm-hmm. All right, before we go, let's uh, let's make our Super Bowl predictions now. I am going to predict it's going to be a repeat of Kansas City and Tampa Bay, but this time, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get it done. I'm picking Kansas City to win the whole thing. <laughs> Eric, uh, I think Tampa will be there, yeah. and I think it will be the Kansas City Buffalo. Or Cleveland. Wow. But, yeah. I Would think you get to narrow it down just for the sake yeah. of the podcast? <laughs> um, if Mahomes stays healthy, you get a repeat Super Bowl. Okay. And then who wins if it's KC Tampa Bay? <sighs> Betting against Tom Brady is something I don't like to right. do because he, he, as long as he's been in the league, you say, what else? Like, as soon as they won the Super Bowl, his wife said, you have nothing more to prove. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the way he looks at it is he wants to be the only quarterback to win back-to-back with two different teams, not just like Peyton Manning did and won with two different teams. He wants to go back-to-back with with two different teams. Yeah, with Brady, the most important ring is the next one. That right? is that is right. And I was going to say don't, that. Don't you, <laughs> don't you think he still has that 18-1 and one in his head? Right, exactly. You know, now he can go... Maybe what is it? Seventeen games now. Yep. You know so. now you can go twenty. I right. mean, he's 
He's just so goal-orientated, no matter what he accomplishes, he still can do. He still wants to do things nobody else has done. All right, Brian, we'll finish with you. What are your Super Bowl thoughts? Yeah, I don't think Tampa goes 20-0, but I do think that Super Bowl 56 ring is Tom Brady's favorite one. I do think that's his next ring. However, I'm going to say that Buffalo does upset Kansas City in right. the AFC Championship that, game. That's not a far-fetched thought, right? I no, agree with no, that. No, yeah, no, I don't think that's too far-fetched. They were there last year. I think this time it is a repeat in the AFC Championship game, and Buffalo comes out on top. But Tom Brady's on Buffalo for years. Yeah. I don't think that changes. I'm Guys, not betting against them. Great stuff. Guys, we're out of time. Uh, as I told you, the time flies by right. on these podcasts. So I want to thank you both for being here. Eric Schulman, thanks for letting us into your home. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Brian Kelly, great to have you with us as well. You thank added you. Uh, a lot to the podcast. Next week, we're going to talk with noted uh, baseball writer Kurt Smith. He's written several books about baseball and broadcasting. Can't wait for that one as well. So we hope you can join us. You've been listening to Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. And we will talk to you next week. The Ted Williams Camp alumni is raising funds for the Jimmy Fund. Each time they have surpassed their goal, and for their 2022 event, they hope to do the same. They are looking for any and all donations, such as items, services, tickets, gift cards, etc., for their ongoing online auction and their in-person auction at their main event. If any businesses would be willing to have a canister or host a fundraising event, they'd love to get you on the schedule. Thank you in advance for your support. Feel free to contact Fabuloso Weddings and Events or Joe LaRusso on Facebook for any information or questions. The Jimmy Fund, supporting Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Mitochondrial disease is a rare multi-symptom disease characterized by breakdowns in the mitochondria which are specialized compartments that are present in every cell of the body except red blood cells and are responsible for creating more than 90% of the energy needed by the body to sustain life and support growth. A disease most commonly associated with children, currently there is no cure, just management of symptoms. Hugs for Mito Inc. is mitochondrial disease, rare disease advocacy, awareness, fundraising for research trials, and hopefully a cure. To learn more, please visit hugsformito.org.